Before we jump into today's conversation, let's take a moment to acknowledge our amazing sponsor, the Academy of Therapy Wisdom. Oh my gosh, we love this platform. They're the place I go now for all my CEUs. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Please join us for our next live online workshop, Integrating Mind and Heart, April 3rd through 6th of 2024. This is an experiential, active workshop designed to engage you in brain states that promote relational learning. If you want to get closer, say the things that usually go unspoken and trust each other and yourself to get through the hard moments. This is the workshop for you. Go to widestmypartner.com to learn more and register. Welcome to the Why Does My Partner podcast. I'm Jules. I'm Vicki. And I'm Rebecca. We're your hosts. We're also couples therapists and messy humans bumbling through our own relationships every day. We met at a training, and our secret sauce is that we and our partners became fast friends. Between us, we have more than 40 years of experience holding hard relational questions with our clients. We're going to bring those questions here. And together, we're going to take a stab at answering those questions. This podcast is not a substitute for couples therapy. If something you hear in this podcast stirs something deep within you about your relationship, reach out to a couples therapist in your area. We also love to hear your questions, so don't forget to go over to whydoesmypartner.com to leave a question of your own. Here's today's question. Welcome back. I'm Jules. I'm Vicki. And I'm Rebecca. And today's question comes from a listener who says, hello, I am in a neurodiverse relationship. I'm diagnosed with ASD and ADHD, and my partner is neurotypical. Do a podcast addressing communication challenges in relationships like ours? My partner wants to work on our relationship by talking and talking and needs physical affection all the time, whereas I do not. Why does my partner take these differences personally? Before we answer, I'd like to give the partner props that the partner wants to work on the relationship at all. I feel like a lot of our questions are like one wants to work on it and one may not have that perception. Like we don't know that the mm-hmm. other one does. Mm-hmm. So awesome that there's a desire mm-hmm. and just like bummer that there's a difference between the desires of the work. I mean, of how the work happens, Thank not you. between the yes. desires, right? Yeah. Because the person who's asking the question mm-hmm. is also desiring yes. to make this better and awesome. different. It's just how, how is different between these two folks. Yeah. So that's a big, that's the big challenge, yeah. right? Yeah. Is that how am I processing information? What mm-hmm. feels too much for my system? Mm-hmm. What feels too much for your system? It's it's going to be different. Right, yeah. because we're going to have, hard. you know, especially in neurotypical relationships or relationships where one partner is neurotypical and the mm-hmm. other is more, um, is not. Wait, what am I saying? In a relationship where someone is neurotypical and someone is more neurodiverse, that's what I'm trying to yes. say. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What we're what we're going to find in those relationships is that there are just really different ways of perceiving, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, for somebody um, who has like like there's there's something called like monotropism. Have you heard of this? Monotropism oh, is like it's a form. It's it's a way of getting like hyper focused and fixated on one thing, right? Like I don't know, um, perhaps uh, keeping a pantry really organized, but um, 
Okay. <laughs> that is also true. I'm just, yeah. Also, I'm just I don't hyperfixate on neurobiological in- I know. interest of the you moment. Know. I could spend I could spend twenty I hours in a say single boundary. week. No, no, I could I could spend twenty hours in a single week, like obsessively looking at research on hippocampal function in right. teeny tiny little areas of like, what exactly are the cells in this area of the hippocampus? How are they processing information and what information is coming to them? And what is the anatomy of that? Wait, who's talking to that part? Where does that come from? That's not, and oh that, my gosh. That type of like, focus, that's what I do. but that type of focus, right? It like, it's a drive. Mm-hmm. It gets you places. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's, it's like mm-hmm. super. And also- mm-hmm. It means that there's caloric energy that's not going somewhere else. Yes. Oh my God. I mean, mm-hmm. when I get into a space like that, I will like not mm-hmm. answer emails all week. I have no idea what anybody's saying. To- I I like put it down to be with my kid. Mm-hmm. I put it down to like make dinner, but I'll procrastinate about all sorts of other things because I'll get into this space of like, no, I cannot let this go until I understand what's happening with the spatial orientation of this area of the hippocampus. Right. Wow. Like that's like, that's what my brain does. (laughs) Totally. I just always thought, I just, I've honestly, so I've never been diagnosed with anything because I've never gone through an assessment. Mm -hmm. Um, my husband and I actually keep talking about that because my daughter's recently gone through assessment and he's like, Mm -hmm. honey, would you be willing to go through an assessment? Cause I think maybe there's some differences happening. So I'm in the process Mm -hmm. of like figuring out when can I actually make that happen and stuff. Cause I'm, I'm accepting of that possibility and like, sure, I'll get an assessment and find out, you know, what's, what's happening and maybe more information about working with my brain in a way that really works for our family. And he is he is ADHD and dyslexia, and our daughter has four different neurodiverse diagnoses. Mm-hmm. So we have we have quite a lot of that in our house, and I think that does make it different though than this question. It does because everybody in oh, our yeah, home because, is neurodiverse, yes. right? In my home, that, yeah. it's a little bit more like there's there's at least half of us that are more neurodiverse than others. But I actually, mm-hmm. you know, what, now that I think about it, I think I think everybody has some kind of processing difference in my home, mm-hmm. but, but they're all differences, right? And so mm-hmm. right. It, would, it could be really easy to take it all personally because mm-hmm. we're all kind of focused in and, and noticing different things. And that's the piece about this is that inside of, of having all of these differences, we also carry a lot of expectations around, oh, you're saying this. Right? Like around what, what relationships mm-hmm. are going to be or how people are going to show up or how we work on our relationships, or, or how much touch there is, or how much we talk about, or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how people should function, what should be easy. Right. And and we oh, have yeah. ideas based on a lot of yes. like neurotypical models, or not even mm-hmm. neurotypical mm-hmm. models, Hollywood models. Let's just call it that. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah. Mm-hmm. Where I, I should expect you to want to be close to me in this particular way. And the way that it looks in Hallmark could, movies. Yes, it could be. Mm-hmm. It could be. Yeah, it depends. Yeah. It depends on what we're wanting. Some people want it to look like Hallmark movies, and sometimes people want it to look, you know, different than mm-hmm. that. More like a 1950s typical. Right. They want it to look like Don Traper, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to use another Hollywood style oh, example. Yeah. So, so there are plenty of people who 
have expectations going in about how we're going to do this, how we're going mm-hmm. to have repair conversations, how we're going to be <sighs> close, what closeness even feels like to you should be what it feels like to me. Yes. That's what we go in. Mm. But there's grief there, right? Like we have to focus uh-huh. in on that grief because, because there is no one way, like they put any two people together and there's no, like if we can't have unspoken expectations and think we're going to meet each other in the same place. Right. Exactly. Because wow. different stuff is going to. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a great way be- to phrase it though. Let's repeat that. We can't have unspoken expectations and still, ex- well, and still meet each other at the same place. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. what I want. I was about to say mm-hmm. everyone wants, and then I realized I can't speak for everyone else. But I really do want that. I want to not have to speak about it. Of course you so want nice. to have it. Just it would magically be so happen. much easier. Right? Of course you want yeah. that. That's not a thing, but of course you want that. <laughs> it's not a thing. Thanks for reality. But, <laughs> but it makes said, sense. That it thing. really does make but, sense that that's what's yeah. wanted. Mm-hmm. Right? Because yeah. it would take a lot less energy. If we could be met in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it also, maybe this is just me and who knows what in my history. Um, That feels like love. Mm -hmm. That like it just magically happens and I don't have to ask for it or talk about it. Oh, for you, that's Uh love? I think so. But that's new to me too right now. So there's Mm -hmm. that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if if I have to ask for it, it's not love? Or if I have to say what I need, it's not love? It's not as much love. It's still love, but yeah. it's not as much. Right. So there's an <laughs> expectation built in around that, right? Yeah. Whereas like maybe, maybe I grew up in a home where the the stuff inside of me says, well, if we're talking a lot, if we're talking about our relationship, that's love. And if we're not talking about it, then that is not loving. Mm -hmm. Right. And for somebody else, it may be, if we have to talk about it a lot, you're not seeing me as I need to be seen because I actually don't want to talk about it a lot. So you're not being loving. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying um, Mm -hmm. that that's always the thought. I'm just saying that it can be perceived that way. It can totally be. When we're saying, why is your partner taking it personally? Well, my guess is the personal bit is something around this. Yeah. Like, oh, there's a longing to have it be sim- more similar than it is between oh, you yeah. about how you process information. And rather than saying, you know what? That is not true for our marriage. We have bigger differences than I was hoping for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's just the truth of who I married. And that's the yeah. truth of me. And it's not, it's, it's not like, um, I want to be careful actually about saying like, oh, let's, I don't, I don't know what diagnosis I might come back with, but let's say I come back and then my, it's not like I'm asking Adam, oh, could you accept me where I am? I'm saying, could we all accept us where we are? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that we process this information differently because whatever's going on, like his ADHD is maybe different than how mine would show totally. up. Right. Because there's different kinds. There's, there's the kind that get more, um, more hyper. And then there's kinds that get, that, that seem on the inside, like they're less attentive. 
right? Mm-hmm. Right. But, mm-hmm. but there's different there's mm-hmm. different kinds of foci, foci. And so part of it mm-hmm. is about what's happening for you. How do you experience the world? And here's what's happening for me and how I experience the world. And here's what my needs are. And how do we right. have a conversation about this? That doesn't feel and too much. Right. And it's less about I accept you're different, mm-hmm. more about I accept we are different. Right. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I think neurodiverse couples have a leg up here because they might need to talk about this. And mm-hmm. neuro um, neurotypical couples, where Typical. both people are more neurotypical, still have differences. They just aren't really talking about them. I was just going to say that. So not to mm-hmm. minimize or change the question here, but like mm-hmm. I finally realized, and I said it to Gabe literally yesterday, that when I get overwhelmed and I you guys mm-hmm. know this. I don't know if our audience does. When I get very overwhelmed and unintegrated, my brain goes into shutdown. Mm-hmm. And when he gets very overwhelmed, he goes into fix it or figure it out, mm-hmm. which can make him very awesome. Like I do love that part. And it drives him bonkers that my brain shuts down. Like it is mm-hmm. very, very challenging for him. He's getting better at it. And we articulate it now, Rebecca, like you're saying, we actually have conversations now. And sometimes he will look at me very calmly and say, you can do this. Stay with me. Don't shut down. And one time I looked at him very nicely and I said, no, I cannot. So do I need to take a time out? Like, do I need to actually mm-hmm. leave the room? Because mm-hmm. I cannot engage right now. My brain will not do it. So mm-hmm. it doesn't always have to be about neurodiversity. That's just about... Um, when we get too overwhelmed by something, totally. we function mm-hmm. differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, but I, not everyone's having those conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it does require conversations. I think mm-hmm. it also, requ- it, it really helps when the communication difficulties are super, super normal. And it helps to know a little bit about what you need to ask for mm-hmm. to support your own system. And that may require some journaling and some, and, a reflection sure. space and and even if you need you know somebody to bounce that off with going and seeing somebody on your own a little mm-hmm. bit of here's here's the needs that I have and and then bringing that together and finding creative solutions so I'm thinking about a couple I actually just finished uh, doing an intensive with and this in this situation there was a need for um, uh, a really, really different way of bringing up difficult stuff. For one, the rejection sensitivity was so mm-hmm. intense um, that even bringing up that there was maybe a problem or maybe even a difference in how they wanted something in the house to go was so <sighs> floody. Mm-hmm. It it was too much for them to be able to do a conversation, but they didn't want to not have the conversation. So face-to-face was problems. They decided to write each other letters for the first like four to five exchanges back and forth before they started bringing it into real time. I love that. Mm-hmm. And the, that really helped because they could read it, freak out, calm down, write back, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And the freak out was yeah. way less. Yeah. And if it was face to face, eye contact was too much, and mm-hmm. the body language was too much. So I'm just, I'm just noticing, like, ooh, we could get kind of creative with how. Yeah, we yeah. could get really creative with the how, and I think that that's mm-hmm. part of like really uh, falling in love with your neurodiversity and loving mm-hmm. like what mm-hmm. is so special about who you are, and loving mm-hmm. your partner is that 
mm-hmm. you start learning really how to how do I attend to me? What do I need to do? Like if I want to stay inside this conversation, are there things like if I stim in certain ways, is that gonna help me stay? If I mm-hmm. um you know, do I need to decompress and, and be alone for a certain amount of time first? Like, what are the things mm-hmm. and, and how does mm-hmm. that affect timing and how does that affect the grief of maybe like the mm-hmm. way things are different or the fact that maybe like touch doesn't feel so great for me or it feels really good for you or we have we have these differences mm-hmm. and we need to make spaces to grieve what's not the same and also mm-hmm. to understand not the same doesn't mean that we're necessarily moving towards rejection. It means not the same. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And in, yeah. inside of some neurotypical spaces and even some really, I'm sorry, neurodiverse spaces and also neurotypical spaces, uh, rejection is definitely something that I think a lot of us are really sensitive to. Mm-hmm. And so that might be playing into why why we or our partners might be taking things personally is because we're sensitive to this this idea of, or something about rejection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a complex space you're entering into. And what I'm hearing you say, Rebecca, is, 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 is a kind of map of the how to do the, what's the principle underneath yeah. That's going to hold mm-hmm. us. That's and that's good. actually relatively simple. It really is. Which is, there is a big difference here. Mm-hmm. Let's face that together mm-hmm. and grieve mm-hmm. what we need to and also create what we need to to answer this truth yeah. about there being a difference here. Am mm-hmm. I getting You're it? You're totally getting it. So that we can find us. So that we can, right? Because it's mm-hmm. not about you or me. It's about us. Yeah. Right? And so we have so to learn the together. us. We have to learn the mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good place to land it for today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. All mm-hmm. right. Take care of yourselves. See y'all soon. <laughs> bye bye. That wraps up this week's episode. Join us again next week for another Why Does My Partner? We hope that you continue to listen wherever you get your audio and that you'll follow the show. To go deeper, join us at one of our workshops. You'll find our next date at whydoesmypartner.com. Did you know you can ask us your questions? Your questions are relational gold. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to either write in or record your question for a future episode. And here's some gratitudes. Thanks to Al Hoberman, our sound editor and podcast production magic maker. Thanks to every one of you who has joined us for our workshops in the past. We've learned so much from all of you. And thanks to everyone who's reviewed the show on Apple Podcasts. Your reviews help others to find the show. Take care of each other best you can. See you next time. We want to tell you more about our sponsor, Therapy Wisdom. Jules is one of their amazing educators. And you can also find teachers like Janina Fisher, Bessel van der Kolk, Deidre Fay, and Akila Riley-Richardson, plus a bunch of people you might not have heard of, but will definitely want to start following once you take their courses. And because you listen to us, the Therapy Wisdom team is offering a secret code to give you free access to one of my one-hour wise conversations. Use the code WDMP at checkout. 
If you're a licensed therapist, coach, healer, or someone who's invested in doing the deep work of personal healing and want to learn about topics like neurobiology, supporting trauma healing, incorporating intersectionality and somatic work, then this is the place for you. Discover some of the most heart-led and quality courses available in a community of people who are invested in spiritual growth, equity, inclusion, and developing expert-level clinical skill. Visit therapywisdom.com or click the link in the show notes and use the WDMP discount code. Thanks, Therapy Wisdom. We love you.